Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. great privilege to be able to share the word this morning. It's always a privilege to share the word, to be honest. Um, and it's great to be able to, uh, I trust, bless you guys, you, you, the ones who have graduated. Is it graduands? Yes. Is that the official? Yes. Not graduees? Graduates? <laughs> Graduinis. But um, it's, it's great to do, be able to welcome them. And uh, those who've hosted the students this year have done a great job and you've done us proud. And I want to say thank you. For everyone that's done that. And uh, do you know what? This is actually the midpoint of 2016. Friday, the 1st of July, so Friday just gone, was the 183rd day of this year, which is a leap year. So it was exactly the midpoint of this year. So we are now in the second half of 2016. That's quite a thought, isn't it? Can't wait for summer to come, can you? It's going to be great. But... um, you know, it's, it's the midpoint of the year, and, and so there are three things that I'd like to do this morning, three threads that I want to try and weave together, and I know that you're with me in this. We can do this together, okay? We can do this. Um, I'd love for us to remind ourselves of what we've covered so far this year, particularly from Mark's gospel and the gospel explosion, those big banners, to encourage us to continue, as Mark's gospel has done, to reach out and to look out into the world and to make an impact want us to consider some of the aspects that we've already been looking at in the last month or so around authority, and then also want to encourage and bless and give the students um, a message to kind of go with as they finish the year and go out into the big wide world again, because you know, you've been so sheltered in the last 10 months, obviously. So should we pray? Yes. <laughs> Lord, I want to thank you for this time together this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here with us right now. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would continue to speak to us with clarity. I ask that you prepare our hearts for the word to come. Thank you that you've already told us about how important the word is and how we need to embrace the word, how the word will bring us great wisdom and insight and understanding. Lord, we thank you that we can sit this morning in your presence, that we can sit under the shadow of the Almighty and receive directly from heaven this morning revelation and life and strength and power in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for what you want to do in our midst today. We're excited about what you're going to do among us. Amen. 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 If you turn in your Bibles, please, to Mark 16, because I've said that one of the things I wanted to do was uh, pick up from Mark's gospel, and uh, we spent pretty much the first five months of the year looking at Mark's gospel, which was a real blessing. And in the last month, we've given ourselves more to looking on the uh, topic of authority in the Word. um, But Mark's Gospel, in Mark 16, Jesus has risen from the dead, and he's still alive today. And we never get tired of saying it, because it changes everything. And he pulls his disciples together, and they are taking some convincing that he's alive, because they saw him die, or they heard about him die, and they are struggling to believe it. 
And they refused to believe that they'd seen him raised from the dead until he finally gets them together. And in Mark 16, verse 15, Jesus says this. He told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. So he gets his disciples together and he says, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. You know what? When Jesus says this, he's not laying on them something new. This isn't the first time they've seen or heard these words. Jesus had for three years prepared them to tell them to go. He hadn't just launched it on them as a surprise, done something completely abstract, and then at the end said, right, now go and preach the good news. Turn in your Bibles, please, to Mark 1. Right at the beginning of Mark's gospel, the first words written in red, the first words that Mark records Jesus saying, John the Baptist has been arrested, and in Mark 1, verse 14, it says, Jesus went into Galilee where he preached God's good news. The time he promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. He'd been doing it for three years. He'd been preaching the good news for three years. They'd seen him do it. They'd learned what the good news was. They'd learned about the kingdom of God and what that was. And now Jesus was saying, now, boys, it's your turn to go out and do it. And it's great to be taught. It's great to be equipped. It's great to see something modeled. But if we don't put put it into practice, it's wasted. You know, all the teaching that you guys have received this year, you've got to put it into practice, or really it's just head knowledge, it's theory, and so what? In the life of the church, for us, the things that we hear on a Sunday morning to equip us and empower us and teach us to do something, to go out into the world and do something with it, something practical, something real, something of substance. And Jesus is saying this to his disciples, you've been with me for three years, I've modeled something, at times you've been challenged, at times you've been properly confused. At times you've had great revelation, but now it's your turn to go and preach the good news. And you know, the word of God is full of truth of our position, of who we are. It's full of who God is, who Jesus is, who came to reveal to us the invisible God. The word came flesh, dwelt among us and revealed just what God is like, full of grace and truth. Full of position about who we are in Christ Jesus. But much of it then is, and so put this into practice. Position, now practice. Position, now practice. This is who you are, now go and do it. Go and be it. Live it out. Go. Therefore, go. It's where the rubber hits the road and what that means for us. Of all the truth about the church and the mission of the church and who you are in Christ and who the Holy Spirit is and how to care for people, if it's just up here, it's going to be wasted. Go out and do it. In the truth of who Jesus is in Mark's gospel, of how he lived in a way that revealed the glory and the wonder of the Father, it's no good us just knowing about that. It's knowing him and going and doing it. When it comes to authority, it's us living in God's order of authority as he's established it from creation that we come under God's order and God's authority. And as we do, we move in power and authority ourselves. That we follow the right model and then we copy it. If you go to Hebrews 8, please. I was just talking about this scripture, or this earlier in the week, and um, I think with David actually, and uh, reminded again of it this morning, Hebrews 8. What we find here is a model that's to be put into practice, a model that's seen 
and then applied. And the wonderful thing is this, it's a heavenly model that can be implemented and built on earth. Hebrews 8, verse 2. Jesus ministers, he ministers in the heavenly tabernacle, the true place of worship that was built by the Lord and not by human hands. And since every high priest is required to offer gifts and sacrifices, our high priest must make an offering too. If he were here on earth, he would not even be a priest since there are already priests who offer gifts required by the law. They serve in a system of worship that is only a copy, a shadow of the real one in heaven. For when Moses was getting ready to build the tabernacle, God gave him this warning. Be sure that you make everything according to the pattern I have shown you here on the mountain. But now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. For he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. But I love that. God calls Moses up the mountain. Moses is in his 80s and 90s, and God keeps calling him up the mountain. You think, God, give Moses a break. What about his knees, his ankles? You know? But up and down the mountain he goes. And when he's up on the mountain, you know, Stephen encouraged us again. Shirley encouraged us, draw aside with him. Let's come up the mountain. Let's rest. Let's be in his presence. Because as we are, God revealed something to Moses, and he said, Moses, what I'm showing you now is, is the reality of heaven. This is the tabernacle that I've made in heaven. Have a look, Moses. Take down some notes. Get the measurements right. Make sure you get all the right bits and pieces in place because I'm going to get you to build that, a version, on earth. Isn't that amazing? There's a model in heaven that Moses gets to build on earth. Nothing changes for the church. There's a model in heaven. There's something that God is revealing, something that God is doing. His kingdom is established, and he wants us to bring that into the earth. And the ultimate model that reveals the glory and the splendor of God, the visible image of the invisible God, Jesus Christ, as we've been told about this morning, as Alex read from Colossians 1. Please turn to Matthew 28. This kind of other gospel writer's description of the Great Commission we read referred to Mark's where Jesus sends his disciples out to preach the good news. And now this is Matthew's recollection. Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus says to his disciples, Jesus came and told his disciples, if we can catch this truth, (laughs) if we can really catch this truth, Holy Spirit, please help us to understand the significance of these words for our lives today. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. And make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these, these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this. Be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amazing words. Words that don't change. All disciples, ever since that point, have received that exact same commission, that exact same command, that exact same promise to go into all the nations because all authority has been given to Jesus Christ in heaven and on earth and we can go knowing that he's with us right until the end of the age. Unless the end of the age has come and gone, Jesus is with you. And as far as I know, it's not happened yet. So he's with you. 
wherever you go and preach the good news. And he says this, I have been given all authority. Interesting words. Jesus didn't say, I've taken, rightfully taken and seized all authority. If anybody had a right to say that, I've taken authority and it was right that I did. No. He says, I've been given. I've been given all authority. Wow, the dynamic in the Godhead. The submission of the Son that's, that's perfect. That he t- completely trusted the Father. I've been given authority. You know, as believers, if we can understand that dynamic, that we don't need to take it, we don't need to seize it, we just need to receive it. And when we position ourselves in the right way, when we view God's authority in the right way, when we view ourselves and one another in the right way, when we see Christ in the right way, we come under his authority and he says, here you go. I'm giving it to you. This restoring of this hypotasso, bringing everything, submitting under God's arrangement, as David told us. Given and received, not taken and seized. And you know, in Genesis, we were were reminded, and we have been reminded, how the the purpose of of mankind was always to rule in the earth. That was the Great Commission, to to be fruitful, to multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. God said, I've given you authority to rule. The only way that they were to do that was to what? Live according to God's command, bring themselves under God's authority, and as they submitted themselves to God's command and God's authority, they themselves would rule in the earth. But what do we see happen? We've been reminded about the two falls, the fall of Satan and the fall of man, and how the the both falls were all about trying to take authority, trying to seize something, to be like God. Satan says, I want to be like God. I'm going to take authority. And God says, no, I'm kicking you out. And there's ascending from heaven to earth as he's kicked out of heaven because of this rebellion. And then we see the second fall where Adam and Eve are deceived by that same lie that the enemy, that the Lucifer had tricked himself with, if you like. You can be like God. They already were, as David said. They were made in his image. And as they submitted to his authority and trusted him, they would rule in the earth, but they didn't trust God. And as a result, their authority was stripped from them. And if there were two falls, if you like, there are two submissions that restore from where we've fallen. And if the first fall happened from heaven to earth, the first submission came from heaven to earth. Because the son came from heaven to earth and submitted himself to the father. What an incredible thought. We turn in our Bibles to Philippians 2, please. Just want, I, I pray that we capture God's heart for us in how we view authority and submission. I've been so blessed by the teaching that's come over the last month through David and, and Chris, and I was blessed by what the youth shared. And, and, and you know, this is so important that we, that we understand this. We're to be like the model that's been presented for us, to be like Christ. Philippians 2 verse 5 says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he didn't think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. To think that God himself 
would just become human in and of itself is an incredible thought, isn't it? That he laid aside his divine privileges and became a man. Think, wow, that's submission. It's only part of his submission. Took the humble position of a slave born as a human being when he appeared in human form, verse six, and he humbled himself in obedience to God and died. Wow, he died. That's submission. Became a man and he died. He entered into something that from his eternal nature was never to be experienced and yet he became a man and died. But he humbled himself and submitted himself even more than that because his death was the death of a criminal. He died a criminal's death on a cross. Perfect. Sinless. Eternal. The source of life. Everything was made through him by him and for him, and yet he laid his own life down by dying, not just, not just dying, but dying a shameful death. What submission. What trust and obedience. He lived in complete trust and obedience to the Father. And the Father had complete trust in his Son. Laid everything down and died a criminal's death on the cross. And if that's where it ended, that would be a lovely story, and it would pull on our heartstrings, but there's so much more for us than that. So much more. Died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. How incredible is that? The one that we've been worshiping. He was always in authority. Nothing was under him as the son, nothing was over him as the son other than the father to whom he'd submitted himself perfectly in the Godhead. And then he humbled himself And he laid down his own life and he died a criminal's death and he took your sin and my sin and he took, went into hell and he took the keys of death and he made a a, a mockery of his enemies and led them in triumph. And God rose him from the dead and elevated him and seated him at the right hand and put everything under his feet. And before he went to heaven, Jesus said this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Even your destiny is in my hands now. Because I paid the price for your sins. I've bought you back. I've redeemed you. There's something special about what's happened here. Submission of the Son. And then God raises him. And before his ascension, Jesus says, All authority has been given to me. That was the first submission. I wonder what the second submission might be. It's ours. It was a fall from heaven to earth. And there was a fall on the earth. There was a submission from heaven to earth. And now there's a submission to come in the earth. And as we submit ourselves rightly to the king, guess what? We're elevated. He lifts us up. He puts us back in authority again. And he says, now you have authority. You've submitted yourselves to my authority. Now you come under my authority and you have authority yourselves. That second submission is for us to come into. It's a wonderful thing. And far too often, we 
we forget this, 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 the importance of the dynamic of the order of submission to authority. And it is to our downfall. It's to our limitation. It means that we don't move in the authority that's rightly been given to us because we, we short-circuit some of God's order. And there's no place in us as the body of Christ to short-circuit God's order. When we come p- completely in his order, Stephen Peake's drain pipe keeps coming back to mind. That when there's, everything's aligned right, blessing can flow. I remember when I was about 13 years old and I was very excited because we were going to learn how to do hurdling at school. I didn't get out much, okay? And um, I guess because Colin Jackson was this prime uh, like Welsh figure at the time who did really well in sport and fortunately we've got other people to look up to now. But, and um, and the hurdling was, was on the agenda. And so Mr. Francis brought all the school down to the school field and he stood and laid the hurdles out behind him. And all the class were like you are, and this is, I'll be Mr. Francis for a minute. And he says, right, everybody, um, we're going to learn how to do some hurdling today. I just don't want you to do any, I don't want you to attempt any of it until we've gone through the basic technique of how to hurdle. Well, I'm kind of where David is in a similar position. I thought, Mr. Francis, I've studied Colin Jackson's technique. I think I know how to hurdle already. Thank you very much. So while he's talking, somebody's distracted him over here. I sneak around the back, and the whole class is looking at me while Mr. Francis is looking at the class, and I think watch this. And off I go at full speed. I, was, I became Colin for just for a moment. And my first leg cleared the hurdle, gloriously cleared the hurdle. I mean, there was space to spare. My left leg caught the hurdle. And the hurdle tangled between my legs. And I, the, I didn't know a hurdle could make so much noise. But I landed sprawled on my face in the dust. And this hurdle has sort of landed on my back. And Mr. Francis turned the whole class to and everybody laughs at me. And I just basically fell flat on my face. I'd usurped an order. I'd gone and done something in my own strength, in my own right. I didn't know that you had to hotch that left leg up and over to get it round. I didn't know. And you know, when we try and short-circuit God's ways, when we, when we try and shortcut not listening to his word or, or taking his instructions to heart or drawing from his wisdom, we end up causing ourselves trouble. When at times God says, just listen, submit, like my son, trust me, and obey me, and you'll overcome. You'll be given authority. And Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. He submitted and was raised up. Our attitude should be like Christ. We submit ourselves and we're raised up. We submit ourselves to Jesus Christ. We submit ourselves to the Father and to the, the authority of the Holy Spirit. But we also submit ourselves in many other ways as the Bible instructs us. That there are orders that God has for us in the earth and in the church where we're to submit ourselves, to come under authority. And as we do, God blesses us. All authority has been given to me, therefore go. Jesus always taught and equipped for purpose. When Jesus moved, he moved in authority. He moved in storm-calming authority. He moved in fig-tree-withering authority. He he lived in in shriveled hand restoring authority. He lived in dead raising authority, water walking authority, water transforming authority. That's the authority that we can move in as we submit ourselves to him. Do you believe that? Oh, I can sit down. Me too. And there's three things I just want to say about how we can move in this authority, as we can go, therefore go in the authority of Jesus Christ, to submit, to stand, and to speak. Submit, 
stand and speak. I've been really blessed by the prophetic word that's come and the, 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 the pictures that have come, starting from Shirley and, and everybody else that shared, Simon and, and Stefan and Alex. And, and it's confirmed what God is saying to us this morning, that as we submit, that we can stand and then we're to speak. If you just turn to Psalm 149, please. I'm not going to spend a long time on these points. So I feel like I've, I hope, discharged the heart of, of what God wants us to do and how he wants us to, to view authority and, and then the authority that we have in, our, in ourselves as we follow Christ. But Psalm 149, verse 4. For the Lord delights in his people. Isn't that a lovely thought? The Lord delights in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. Let the faithful rejoice that he honors them. Let them sing for joy as they lie on their beds. Let the praises of God be in their mouths and a sharp sword in their hands. You know, God wants us to submit. It says God crowns the humble. Those who submit themselves, he crowns with victory. We're to submit ourselves to God's order. Some of that might be that we need to submit our own lives to, to, to God, to that we, we deal with sin, that we repent of, of things that, that need to be dealt with. You know, even, even Peter in 1 Peter 3, um, 7 says, um, husbands, make sure that your relationships with your, your wives are good, otherwise your prayers might be impaired. That's a... It's a strong, thought, strong statement, but he's saying, make sure that your lives come under the authority of God and that you're living in the right way and know that as you do, you can move in authority. We commit ourselves in prayer that we live by his word and obedience, that we walk in step with the spirit. All of these are ways that we submit ourselves to God, that we have faith in who Jesus is. And not only do we submit ourselves to God, it means this, ch- children, obey your parents. It means wives, submit to your husbands. It means husbands, love your wives. It means church, submit to your leaders. It means people of God, submit to your, um, those who are in authority and government over you. It means slaves, work hard for your masters. All of these things are God's order, God's authority, and as we submit ourselves in the right way, God lifts us up. James 4, 7 says, humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. It's from a place of submission that we have authority to resist the enemy. Because he's fallen, but we've been raised up again. So he's in a lower position because as soon as we submit, we're lifted, and therefore we have authority to say, get lost. Submit to God's order. Then stand in your authorities. God honors them. We take our stand then in who we are. Because it's right that we should submit, but it's also right then that in the authority we have, we move in it. We recognize the authority that we have. That means parents, be parents to your children. Give them instructions and, and, and discipline them. That's, that's good and right that we do that. And I know that that's in, in the heart of everybody in this church that we're good parents, that we're not buddies, but there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a deference to us as parents and a respect and an honor because that's God's order. That wives submit to husbands. Many husbands, lead. Be the head that a wife would love to submit to. It will make it so much easier that we have a responsibility as husbands to lead, not just to um, make money or to make a a comfortable uh, home or or family life or anything like that. It's to lead spiritually. That in the things of God, we lead. 
by example, that we are the ones who are spending time in prayer. We are the ones who are spending time in the word. We are the ones who are leading and laying our lives down. That as we do, we can rule over all creation. That we can move in spiritual authority and power. Submit to God's order. Stand in the authority that you've been given. And thirdly this, speak the truth. I, I don't think I can highlight or emphasize the importance of speaking enough. The power of our words. You know, in creation itself, we see that the whole, everything was formed by the spoken word. God said. God could have thought it. God could have done it with his hands, his feet. He could have nudged it with his shoulder, got it going. I don't know, but he didn't. He, did. he spoke. He said, let there be, let there be, let there be. Why words? Why, why words? Why, God, did you use words? Because words reveal something of the invisible. It makes something known that wasn't known before. God is spirit. We can't know what's in God's mind or God's heart unless he speaks. The prophets never said, thus thinketh the Lord. Thus mind the Lord. No, this is what God says. And as they reveal what God says, they speak the heart and the mind of God to his people. Into the world, words come. And as creative as they were at the beginning, they're as creative today. That the words that we speak as we submit ourselves and take our stand in who we are, we speak the word of God and we reveal something from the invisible and it's made known and it's seen in the earth. We speak the word of God. We take authority. We, we take a stand against the enemy and we say, no, enough. I call time on this in the name of Jesus. This sickness needs to stop now. We take authority with our words. We don't allow words to take authority over us. We speak the word of God and take authority. And as we do, we change the world around us. So I want to encourage us today to go. To go in the authority of Jesus Christ. That as we submit to him, as we take our stand in the authority that he's given us, that we go from here and we speak. Jesus said, speak, tell, declare the good news. Words that bring life to a world that is dying and desperate. Can we stand together, please? Thank you, Lord. Just in your own heart, just, just again, I know we've been worshiping together, and, but just, just say, Lord, I submit everything to you right now. I bring my life in line with you and your order, Lord. Just for your own heart, your own confession, say, Jesus, your Lord. Jesus, your Lord of my life. Thank you, Lord, that you died for me. Thank you that you've, you've been risen, that you're seated at the right hand of the Father that all authority has been given to you and that we're to go in your power, go in your life, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray for each one of us for a fresh understanding of the authority that we have as your people, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that we're the head and not the tail. Thank you, Lord, that as we submit to you, you lift us up. That, Lord, that we know that we're exalted undeserved, but Lord, as we submit ourselves to you, you raise us up. 
and that we move with authority, that we can speak with authority, that we can bring power, release power, release life and healing. Bring your kingdom authority in the earth through our words. Lord, as we go from this place, we pray, Lord, Holy Spirit, remind us of these truths. Reinforce these truths with us. Pull us up when we speak in a way that's not in line with your word, Lord, and cause us instead to speak your word with authority, to see things change as a result. For your glory, Jesus, as you present everything back to your Father in incredible glory. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Lord God, for the authority that we have in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We meet every Sunday at 10.30am in Stony Stanton and 4pm in Tamworth and Market Harborough. Feel free to come and visit us. We'd love to meet you.